My message today is entitled, Lay It Down. We all have dreams that we would like to see happen in our lifetimes. But sometimes we let our dreams get ahead of our calling. It's no different than men and women of the Bible that God called. Dreams and callings operate on different timelines. So they often bring confusion and frustration because we're not viewing life through God's perspective. We're thinking, well, I have this dream and it's not happening. And sometimes it causes us to miss God's calling. The only way we can eliminate this confusion is by putting our complete trust in God. When this happens, God does amazing things through us because we move as one. There is no more our way, but only His way as we come into submission with His will and His perfect love. This is God's desire for us. And that is exactly the path that God called Abraham to walk so that God could put His blessings upon Abraham and bless through Abraham so that we are even blessed today. Genesis 22, verse 1, says this, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham... And he said, here I am. The subtitle for this section of the Bible is often called something like this, God tests Abraham. And while the focus is on one main event that we'll get to, the truth of the matter is that there are several parts in the way that God tests Abraham and the way He tests us to solidify our faith in Him and in Him alone. The first test is how quick can God get your attention? How close are you to God? Is it, here I am, God, like Abraham? Or is it, I'll be there in a minute. I'm just busy right now, but I'll get to you. I know we'd like to say that we're all at a place with Abraham, but the truth doesn't always back that up. No doubt parents across this planet face a similar challenge with their kids. I know we faced it growing up with our kids. Parents ask their children to do something and many times the response is, I'll do it in a minute. I'm busy right now. Maybe that only happened in my household. Maybe it never happened in your household. (laughs) However, because they are so engrossed in whatever they're doing or whatever they are watching or whatever they're listening to, it slips their mind that they were supposed to follow through on a request. Then almost like clockwork, when they realize or it's brought into the realization, the child says, I forgot. But did they really? You see, it's not an issue of forgetting, but more of an issue of choosing to not respond immediately. When the request is made, children often tell themselves, I'll do it. I know it's important. I'll do it, but not right now. And then they forget. Therefore, this is more of a problem of unwillingness to respond immediately. But this problem does not only plague children. It is often practiced by many Christian adults as well. God asks us to pray for someone specifically or to give someone a call right now 
or to go visit someone who desperately needs a touch from God. And in our minds we say, okay God, I know that's important and I'll get to it, but I'm busy right now. I'll do it later. And then we either forget to do it later or the urge to do it stops because we have trained ourselves to ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit and God's request goes unanswered. The first test that we all must pass if we expect to not only be used by God but also to walk in His blessings is that we need to be close to God and expect Him to speak to us. If we always have an ear open and no matter what I do going through the day or going on a a travel or whatever, I need to expect that God's going to speak to us. Not just on Sunday morning or during our devotional times, but expect Him to speak to us. We need to be ready to, to respond and say, here I am, God. Your servant awaits your request. Genesis 22, verse 2. Then He said, take now, speaking to Abraham, God says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Your son, your only son, was a reference to Abraham having fathered two sons. One, when Abraham tried to help God by having a child with his wife's handmaiden instead of his own wife. That was Ishmael, born of the flesh. And one son whom Abraham and Sarah conceived properly by trusting God, born of the Spirit, because God brought a miracle in their old age. Even though God promised Abraham he would have a son in his old age and many blessings would flow through his son, both Abraham and his wife Sarah didn't believe that God could bring this to pass without their help. So Sarah conceived. um, Sarah had Abraham sleep with her handmaiden instead of her because she felt she was too old to conceive. It was just too impossible. I know God says He can do all things, but this is just too impossible. I'm going to help Him out instead. How many times do we feel that we need to help God out because something seems impossible from our perspective? How many times are we tempted to think that we are too old to be used by God? Either we're too old or we're too young. We're too damaged or we're too new. We're too rusty and too dusty and too out of practice because we haven't been in operation for quite some time. Listen, it doesn't matter what the excuse is. They are all excuses. The truth of the matter is that if God chooses to use us, we have to trust Him and let Him worry about the details. Almost everyone in the Bible who God called, they were not ready when God called them. They were not comfortable. But they trusted God, and along the journey, God equipped them along the way. He does not need our help or our excuses. He only needs our trust. So God said to Abraham, Take Isaac, your only son, whom you had with your wife. He is the one whom you have conceived when you trusted me the most, and you completely put your trust in me, and you let me take care of the details. Take Isaac, your only son to the land of Moriah. 
And when you get there, offer him as a sacrifice to the Lord. Do you know where the land of Moriah is? You've all seen it. Right now, the Dome of the Rock sits upon it. It used to be where the temple was standing. Where the Holy of Holies was placed. That's that place right there on top of that mountain, that's where God called Abraham to sacrifice his son. But God said, I want you to sacrifice your son on this mountain. The weight of this request is so heavy and so complex that one could spend years studying every aspect of it. But God did not give Abraham years to consider this. He didn't give him months or weeks or even days to consider how he would answer. God was expecting Abraham to answer immediately. Why? How can that happen if we are prepared and we stay in the Word of God and we, we stay close to God and we expect Him to respond? Abraham understood this call of God. To understand what God was testing here and His purposes for not only Abraham but for ourselves, we need to take a deeper look. Most of you are probably thinking, I'm glad that God didn't ask me to sacrifice my son or my daughter. I'm glad that that happened to Abraham and not to me. There's no way I could even consider offering my child as a sacrifice. I would lay down my own life before any harm came to my daughter or to my son. But before you think that you're off the hook, I invite you to see the bigger picture of God's request, to see what He may be asking of you to do, Right now. Isaac was Abraham's son. His only son through whom all the blessings of God would flow. In other words, Isaac was Abraham's only way. Remember God said, I'm going to bless you and make you a father of many nations. And so in Abraham's mind, it has to be through Isaac, so now I need to overprotect him because that's how it has to flow. Often when we get an only way perspective, we tend to focus so much on our only way that we have a hard time trusting God to move in any way that He sees fit. Abraham was certainly tempted to overprotect Isaac instead of trusting him to God's care and allowing God to freely work through him. Overprotection can be a temptation for all of us, forcing us to believe that we have to protect our only way. Therefore, we can be confused to think that we're following God's will, but we still have an only way that we're saying, God, I believe you, but in our minds we're saying, it has to happen this way. Overprotection drains the life out of faith and trust. It comes from an insecure need to be in control. It happens when we focus more on our dreams than on our calling from God. Whether we realize it or not, we have a lot in common with Abraham and the request that God makes of him. You see, in our limited minds, we tend to have this only way theology, thinking that the only way that we can be blessed, the only way that we can be happy, the only way that we can have a successful life, the only way that God can use us is for this to happen and for that not to happen. Well, what if this does not happen? And what if that does happen? Are God's plans for your life rendered useless? 
That's certainly the temptation for us to believe. To go any further with God, we need to lay it all down. Lay down our only way. Lay down that only way perspective. When we catch ourselves spending more energy to protect our only way than to trust God with His way, we must force ourselves to lay down our only way. It's not easy. It's not easy. But we need to force ourselves, God, I trust You. And be honest with God. God, I'm having a hard time. God, I'm struggling. This doesn't make sense to me. But I'm going to trust You and I'm going to lay down my only way. Take a minute right now and consider what dream or thought or persistent idea has wedged itself into your mind as the only way for your life to be successful or happy or restored or given purpose. For some, it might be the only way I will be happy is to return to the good old days. For others, it might be the only way that I can be at peace is if another person apologizes or admits that they are wrong. Or it might be the only way that I can make it is if I get a certain job. Or the only way I can be happy is if I keep this relationship. Some may even begin to think or to tell God that the only way that He could use you is by taking advantage of some talents that you have. God, You couldn't be calling to me for that because I have talents over here. I'm still waiting for my calling over here. But what if God wants to use you in a different way? What if He wants to change your path in life? What if He wants to bring new opportunities and new people into your life so that you are not pursuing your way, but His way, and then suddenly the whole world opens to you? What if God wants to use you in a new way that doesn't rely on some talent that you already have, but rather in a way that makes you completely dependent upon Him? Wow. That's tough. Would you be willing to take that step if God was calling you to do so? You will never know the answers to these questions if you are not willing to lay it all down and trust God with your next move. Is God asking you right now to lay down your way, your only way? And if He is, are you willing to respond immediately like Abraham and not overthink it or let your logic or your emotions get in the way, but just decide to trust God and move forward, to pray about it and be willing to respond, here I am, Lord, send me. Galatians 20, I'm sorry, Genesis 22, verse 3. We continue. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Abraham didn't hesitate to follow God's orders. And somehow he figured that when the time came, God would just take care of the details. He quickly obeyed God and didn't stop to let his emotions or his lack of understanding get in the way. You know when God calls you to do something, all of a sudden that part in you says, wait a minute, how is this going to work? Some people are paralyzed to even take the first step because they don't know how it's going to work. 
But God doesn't call us in our own strength. He calls us in His. Abraham was willing to lay down his son because he trusted God more than his own way. But notice that even Abraham did not make this trip with his son alone. He took two of his men with him. He obviously didn't share all the details with them, but he shared enough information with them so that they could support him and hold him accountable to stay on the path so that he could complete this task called by God. It's of great importance that we find trustworthy and like-minded people in our lives to help keep us on the narrow and difficult path of following God. That's called accountability. When the road gets tough and our thoughts and our emotions and personal justification seek to pull us off track and stop, we need people who are going to keep us focused on the destination. My wife Nancy and I have been married for 29 years. It's been hard. Those of you who have had a long time together, it's difficult. It's not easy. Just because you're Christian, you don't get showered all the blessings and life is not easy. But we've committed to one another to hold each other accountable to stay on that narrow road. That's what Christian brothers and sisters do. We need to take advantage of something called, maybe new for you, something called broken record accountability. When we're having a hard time resisting something in our lives or struggling to continue to stay on the path, we don't always need to tell another person all the details of what we're going through and all of our weaknesses. We just need their accountability. The way this is done is we give that other person who's willing to do it, we give them a scripture to keep reminding us with. They keep saying it to us over and over at different times, in person at times. Maybe sending a text. Maybe sending a letter through the mail. Maybe hiring a plane and dragging it across the sky. <laughs> being different. Being creative. Maybe something like, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Or, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard against it. Or, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Or, do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. We pick the Scripture that we know that our spirit needs to hear, because we know that we're under battle. And that person doesn't need to know what we're under. They just need to know we're under attack. And the truth is, as a Christian... As Christians, we are all under attack. So if you don't trust them with the details, I'm not saying you need to. Give someone who's committed to share that with you periodically at times a scripture to share it back to you, like a broken record. They say the same thing over and over. With broken record accountability, the other person or even persons doesn't need to know all the details. They just need to be trusted to perform a consistent task. They don't even need to know what you're struggling with. They just need to follow through with their commitment. The Bible says that we are members of one another. We commit to one another to pray for one another. So if you haven't found that perfect accountability partner whom you can trust with the details, you can still take advantage of accountability through this practice. Genesis 22, verses 4 and 5. 
Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. I believe that this is one of the most faith-filled statements by anyone other than God in the Bible. Abraham told his men that he and his son were going to go worship and that the two of them would come back to them. He said, we will come back to you. How did Abraham get that kind of faith when he already knew that God said, I want you to sacrifice your son on Mount Moriah? If Abraham knew he was going to have to sacrifice his own son, he must have fully believed that God would resurrect him from the dead because he said, we will return. Abraham kept God's promise of blessings in his remembrance. It doesn't take supernatural faith to remember and to believe what God has already said and what He's already done. It just takes a willingness for us to keep it in our remembrance. There are many things that seek to take up rent or take up space in our minds. Things that we dwell on again and again. We need to take advantage of this overactive part of our minds by feeding it what we want it to be consumed by. God's faithfulness. God's Word. Find a time that God has been faithful to you in your life, no matter how big or how small, and then force your mind to stay on that topic. If your mind keeps trying to wander, then start talking about it out loud. Use reassuring Scripture verses along with your memory to keep that in remembrance, to keep God's faithfulness in, your member, in, in remembrance. And when you are tempted to think that the only reason that God blessed you back then was because you were stronger or more disciplined or closer to God than you possibly are now, you need to remember that God chooses to bless us because of His goodness not because of ours. Yet there are also times that God imparts a gift of faith to believers when they need it. You see, when fear or doubt gets to us, it's usually because we have this parade mentality on earth. What I mean is that when you go to a parade, you only experience one marching band at a time as it passes in front of you. Therefore, your evaluation of the parade at any given point is based on what has already passed by or what is currently in front of you. Yet God sees things differently. He sees everything at once. He looks at us right now. He sees our past. He sees our present. And He sees our future all at once. He sees a different perspective. He is able to see around the corner and observe the entire parade at once. When things don't make sense for us, we tend to have a tendency to doubt and to worry and to fear, which halts our faith with God. There are times when we cry out to God in times of need that give us, where God gives us a special gifting of faith so that we can see around the corner enough to trust Him and enough to know that our favorite band will be marching around in front of us and playing a victory march very soon. There are times when God may not answer our prayer right away. But He gives us the faith to know that He will indeed see us through 
when we put our faith completely in His hands and begin to worship Him and thank Him even before we see around the corner with our natural eyes. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Genesis 22, verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Once again, we see the availability of Abraham, but this time the availability to his son. We've already addressed how we need to be available for God to speak to us and use us. But the next question is, how available are you to other people? The people in your life. God does not keep us on earth so that we can spend our entire day in our prayer closets ministering only to Him. One of the greatest ways we minister to Him is by being available to others. By assisting them. By listening to them. By meeting practical needs. By being willing to drop everything and say, here I am, how can I help? What we shared earlier, we kind of cast out our annual meeting and the needs that this church has. Are you willing to be available for God to use you to meet needs of other people? Genesis 22, verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for Himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Three words had to resonate within Abraham's heart and mind. God will provide. God, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Part of me is a little scared right now. I don't know what's going to happen. My child is getting anxious. But I have to believe that God will provide. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm not at the place yet. I have to believe that God will provide. God always gives us what we need. Sometimes He calms the storm. And sometimes He gives us strength to continue to stand in the midst of the storm. Sometimes He gives us the boldest to confront a wrong or unfair action. And sometimes He gives us the undeterred strength to ignore the words or behaviors of others that seek to pull us into offense. Sometimes God gives us what we want. And sometimes God gives us faith to continue to stand choosing to not grant a request of ours, knowing that it will increase our soul dependence on Him and on Him alone. Either way, God will give us and provide for us what we need when it is needed. Genesis 22, verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. you got to know that the whole time, even though he was doing and binding his son, he was saying, God will provide. God will provide. It doesn't look like it in the natural, but God will provide. Abraham was not led by his emotion. And he wasn't deterred by it either. He was following God's orders. He continued to obey God step by step and minute by minute. He was probably keeping His promise of blessing in His mind the entire time, meditating on God's faithfulness instead of on His own doubt and His own security and His own fear. Genesis 22, verses 10 and 11. 
And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Before I go on, you understand that when God first called Abraham, his name was Abram. God changed his name to Abraham, which means, the, which means that there was a promise there. That he would be the father of many nations, meaning that once he gave him that promise, that's what he held on to. So Abraham continued to hold on to that promise, even when things looked like they couldn't happen. Abraham once again was right there when the angel called. He didn't get lost in doubt or swallowed up in fear or consumed in worry. The only way that Abraham could have responded that quickly was if he was expecting God to speak to him. And he continued to obey Him. That's the place that we all need to be. We need to begin by trusting Him and stepping out in faith, even though we're not comfortable to step out. We need to obey Him step by step without rushing, continually praying and talking to God and holding on to His promises. And with each step, no matter how challenging it becomes, no matter how emotional or impossibly unfair it seems, we need to expect God to talk directly to us. Are you expecting God to talk directly to you in your current situation or trial or place in life? Are you ready to listen and ready to respond? Genesis 22, verse 12. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. God continues to, to tell Abraham that he, of his, his faithfulness. God says to Abraham, The test is over. Do not proceed. You have laid down your only way so that you could follow Me. He continues to reiterate to Abraham that his son, his only son, would be the one through whom all the blessings would flow. Isaac was the point of reference, for he was the son of promise. It was by God's hand that Abraham and Sarah brought him into this world. He was conceived by trusting God alone. Often when we go through challenging times, our faith is being tested. God brings to our minds times and events when we trusted Him completely, no matter how small or how insignificant that was. If you remember, if you remember before David went up against Goliath, God brought to his mind the times that God was with him as a shepherd boy. And he was able to tear apart a lion or a bear with his bare hands by the power of God. It was this faith in his remembrance that allowed David to not only advance against Goliath, but to defeat him completely. God has a way of bringing His faithfulness to our remembrance as long as we don't fill our minds with worry and doubt and fear and confusion. He tells us how to keep our minds clear and open for Him to speak to us and deposit a nugget of truth when He needs to. Genesis 22, verse 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. 
God didn't erase His command to offer up a sacrifice. He just changed what would be offered based on what Abraham was willing to lay down. Abraham laid down his only way theology and picked back up his only son through whom God's blessings would flow. In doing so, Abraham picked up not just the son, he picked up greater faith and greater trust in God and obedience to His will, which was immediately passed down through his son, Isaac. Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The saving answer was not provided back at home before Abraham left. It was not until Abraham obeyed by faith all the way to the mount that God provided what was needed. We too must remember that God will provide what is needed when it is needed and not before it's needed. Because it is during the journey that our faith is built and solidified. Are you willing to keep walking and let God take care of the details? God reiterated His promise to Abraham at this moment of obedience. Genesis 22, verse 18. He said, In your seed, through Isaac, through the generations, in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed My voice. What's so special about the seed of Abraham? It was through the line of Abraham that Jesus Christ came into the world. This is the seed, the promise, the power, the eternal King that everyone waited for. But today, there's no more waiting. He is here. He longs to come into your heart and stay there so He can continue to change your life. But this can only happen if you lay down your only way and pick up His. Sometimes, like Abraham, God's just looking for your willingness to submit to Him. When this is the case, He allows you to pick back up whatever you lay down, but when you pick it up, it's redeemed. It's repurposed. It's renewed and in alignment with God's will. Other times, God may give you something completely different to pick up as you begin to walk in His way that He has designed for you for this chapter in your life. Search your heart right now. What have you been holding on to as your only way? God's speaking to all of us right now. Asking us to lay it down. Let God show you His way through your trial, through your testing, through your challenge, and through the rest of your life on earth. To God be the glory. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would bless us and keep us, bind us close to Your heart. Help us, God, right now to be courageous and to lay it all down. To lay it all down for You. As we reflect on the words of this next song, a powerful song called Complete, I pray, God, that You would just keep us in Your hand. Do a work on our hearts to make us complete. In Jesus' name, Amen.